God is so good to us. Praise the Lord. Let's pray before we get started tonight. Lord God, it's an honor to stand behind this pulpit to be able to bring forth your word. Lord, I prepared myself and I've done all that I know to do. Lord, now I ask that you take control of everything. And Lord, you speak the words that you want spoken to your people. And I just give myself to you, Lord God. And God, I thank you once again for your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. I titled my message tonight, Are You Ready to Be Raptured? I was raised in church. And uh, ever since I can remember, I remember preachers preaching on the rapture. Now, the rapture is not a word that you'll find in the Bible. But it means the catching away. When Jesus comes again and and he takes his church back to heaven with him. And it's something for, as a Christian, that we look forward to. You know, you know, I can't imagine, you know, the, the song says, I can only imagine. I can only imagine what it's going to be like when we see Christ up in the skies and, and, and we all join him up there and we go to heaven and see the, the streets of glory. But it's a reality. It's going to happen. There's a lot of people will try to discount that. They will say it does not, uh, it cannot be. There's no heaven. There's no hell. Um, uh, they're sadly wrong. They're both very real. First Corinthians uh, chapter 15, starting with verse 51, says, "And behold, behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep." But we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. In a twinkling of of an eye, you can't even think that fast, and we'll be gone. 1 Thessalonians 4, starting with verse 16. He says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Something to look forward to. For many of us, that's going to be a glorious day. We will get to see the grandeur of heaven. Can you imagine walking on the streets of gold? The mansions that's been built there. And most of all, Jesus is there. We'll get to see the one that made it all possible. There's an old song titled, It Will Be Worth It All. It's written by Esther Kerr Restow. I can't even say her last name. But the first of uh, uh, the course goes, It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow 
will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. Everything will change when we see Jesus. You know, life might have been hard. There may be things that you've gone through. You may have had tragedy in your life. You may have severe sickness that has came uh, during your lifetime. Uh, or you lost loved ones and stuff. But it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Every trial will seem meaningless. Every heartache will erase. We'll be in the presence of the Lord. And Jesus will welcome us with these words, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You were faithful, faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joys of the Lord, Matthew 25, 21. There is no greater words for a born-again believer to hear. Just to hear Jesus say, You've been faithful. You've been faithful. Let that soak in for just a second. To hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. It's going to be worth it all. These will be the greatest words that you will ever hear. Now here comes the scary part. Matthew seven twenty one says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I would declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And the scary part about that, that will be a reality for some. There were those who have stood before people and prophesied in the name of Jesus. They've healed the sick. Miracles have taken place. But they won't make it. I guess that brings a big question of why. First Peter, first chapter says, starting with verse 13, So prepare your minds for service. And have self-control. All your hope should be for the gift of grace that will be yours when Jesus Christ is shown to you. Now that you are obedient children of God, do not live as you did in the past. You did not understand. So you did the evil things you wanted. But be holy in all you do, just as God, the one who called you, is holy. It is written in the Scriptures, you must be holy because I am holy. What an amazing charge for us to be holy as God is holy. That means we need to live our life upright before God. That we need to 
be uh, live righteously before God and before man. These scriptures tell us to, to prepare our minds for service. That's giving of yourself and doing the the work of the the work of the kingdom. Now, some of the things I may say may be a little tough tonight, but this is what God has laid on my heart. God has called us to do the work. We are to be witnesses. We are. If, if some of you are called to be teachers. Some of you are called to to go to your neighbor. Some of you are called to go to the marketplace. Wherever you are, you're called to be a witness and to teach and to minister to people. But we allow timidity and fear to consume us or we get to the point that we don't even notice anymore. There's a lost and dying world and they will not see Jesus. Where do you stand tonight in this? Are you the man or woman of God that God has called you to be? Are you being that witness that God has asked you to be? But are you turning your face and looking the other way? i got too many things to do. I can't stop right now. Are you prepared to serve God with all your heart? Or do we make excuses for the things God asks us to do? When we all stand before God, our excuses, will they be excusable? Oh, God, I couldn't do that because I had to go take care of that little piece of business. Your excuses won't mean anything before God. Do we exhibit self-control or are we controlled by our selfish desires? What pleases me? What I want? Verse 15 instructs us to be holy in all we do, just as God, the one who called you, is holy. If we serve God with all our heart and give everything unto Him, we will be holy before Him. We will hear those words, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. But unless we're obedient to what God has asked us to do, will we hear the words, well done. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. God wants us to lay our life on the altar, but not in giving of our life as we would think of a sacrifice, of killing of the sacrifice, but a living sacrifice, giving ourselves unto the work of the kingdom, giving ourselves to God that He may use us, that He may touch lives through us. No, the only Jesus somebody's going to see is you and me. 
you'll cross, come across people that I won't see, and I will come across people you will not see. But they need to see the same Jesus. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Lay yourself upon God's altar totally surrendered, not holding back anything. This is holy and acceptable to God. Again, it says our reasonable service unto God. He doesn't ask anything out of us that's unreasonable, but this is reasonable. Ephesians 5th chapter, starting verse 25. There's kind of a comparison between husbands and wives and Jesus and the church. It reads, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. What did he do for the church? He laid down his life. He gave everything for the church. He didn't love. He he could have said, no, I don't want to have anything to do with this. This is going to hurt too much. Uh, the, the pressures uh, that's going to be put on me, I don't want them. I don't want those crown of thorns. But he laid down his life for you and I. Gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. It's only through Jesus Christ that we are washed, that we are cleansed by his word, that we can have uh, our sins forgiven, that we can be stand righteous before God. That he might present her to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy without blemish. Jesus is coming back for his church, for his bride. And he's looking for a church that's without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. And so much of the church across this world has a lot of spots has a lot of wrinkles and has a lot of blemishes. I think it's time that we as a church and as individuals, we need to examine ourselves and say, God, is there something in my life that is not right? Is there any spots or are there any wrinkles in my life that I need to take care of? And just give those things to God and ask for forgiveness. Bring us back to what we begin with. Should Jesus appear in the clouds, would we see him tonight? Or do we have things in our life that would separate us from God? Now, I'll tell you what. You may say, well, if, if I don't make it in, I'll just make it right through the tribulation. I'll tell you what. If you can't live for God now, you can't live for him then. And if you did try to live for him, you would be martyred what the word says but right now all he's asking you just the father's asking you to tell him tell people about his son 
to be a witness unto people. Now, we've got a mandate before God to go in all the world and preach the gospel. Part of the world is your next door neighbor. Part of the world is people that you work with. Are you living your life before them, holy and acceptable before God? Do they even know that you're a Christian? Do, you, do they know that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life and that they can have the same thing, that they can know Jesus Christ as their Savior, that there is hope, there is freedom? We need to examine ourselves. There is nothing worth losing heaven over tonight. That brings me back to Matthew 7, starting with verse 21 again. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. You who practice lawlessness. It's not the person who prophesies to you. It's not the person who casts out demons. It's not the person who does uh, has does wonders, signs and wonders, follow them. But it's by the power and the authority and faith in the Word of God that these things take place. God will always honor His Word. If someone will speak His Word and someone else would believe it, the miracle will take place. It's not me. It's not the pastor. But it's Jesus Christ and His Word. We can't look to man. That's one of the reasons why there will be many that say, God, didn't we do all these things for you? Well, what was the reason behind it? What kind of spots, what kind of wrinkles, what kind of blemishes did they have on their life? Are they honest before man and God? Are they doing things they shouldn't be doing? God still honoring His Word. But they're building up all these spots and wrinkles in their life and not doing anything about it. If we don't live our lives holy and acceptable to God, we are found with spots, wrinkles, and blemishes. And we are in danger of not seeing Jesus when He comes. There will be those who stand before God and say, didn't I do all these things? And Jesus will say, I never knew you. That will be the worst words that you could ever hear in your life. Instead of well done, that good and faithful servant, is that I never knew you. Today, this very day, begins the most important time of your life. It's what you do from now on. 
what you begin today and you carry through. Philippians 3, verse 13, Paul wrote, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. It's time to quit looking at those things which are behind us. Those things that we've done wrong, those things that we did not do right before God. But now is the time to look forward and look straight ahead and say, God, from now on, I am going to live for you. I will do those things that you've asked me to do. I will be obedient unto you. And reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now do as Paul did. Forget those things which are behind, your past. Jesus has forgiven and forgotten the, those past sins, never to remember, be remembered again. Then we need to reach forward to the things which are ahead. That's your future. Jeremiah twenty-nine eleven says, For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. He wants you to have a future. He wants you to have a future of blessing. He wants you to have a future of anointing. He wants you to have a future where you go out and you touch people's lives. But it's up to you. God's not going to go around twisting your arms and say, you've got to do these things. It's out of a heart of love and, that we, and the love of Christ, the love of God in our heart. Another word pressed towards is to pursue. Paul was pursuing the goal for the prize. He was going after it. He, he, he didn't want uh, uh, just uh, mediocrely go after it. He, he was pursuing it. That was his desire of his heart. He's put all that he had into it. Nothing would hold him back. What are you pressing towards tonight? What are you pursuing towards the things of God? But are we busy with other things? Are we, you know, I got this, I got to take care of. You know, we got things to do. I don't think God really knows what things are. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. All those things out there, it's fluff. The word says, seeking first the kingdom. 
Come in alignment with God's Word. Do the things that God has asked you to do. And all these other things that will be added unto you. He will not hold back any good gifts. He's asking you to step up and do those things He's called you to do. Are you seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness? Or are you seeking the things? When Jesus returns, will it be a day of celebration or a day of mourning? Thank you, Lord. Lord, I gave my heart tonight. Some of the words are harsh. But Lord, I was obedient to saying the things that you told me to say. Lord, it's, it's a time that we all must make a decision. We, meet, we need to examine ourselves to see if the things that we're doing, if it's of you or if it's not of you. Lord, more than anything else, I want to see you in glory. More than anything else, Lord, I want to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. God, that is the desire of my heart. And tonight, Lord, even before these people, I say yes to whatever you ask me to do. Because I want to be found faithful, Lord. God, I ask that you would minister the words to their heart tonight. God, I love you. God, I love you. I want to ask you if you would stand. And as Jason kind of plays and sings, I want to just ask you just to examine yourself and look before, before the throne tonight. And to ask God to show you, to show me those things in my life that I need to change. This is a very personal time. Between you and God. And if God shows you something, just repent. Turn and go the other way. Make this the first day where the God's blessings are just poured upon you because of your obedience and the, and the stand that you will make for His kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, tonight I just pray that you examine our hearts. God, if lives that are not pleasing to you, Lord, we ask for forgiveness. 
we repent of our sins. Lord, if we've gotten too busy to do the things that you've asked us to do, forgive us. And Lord, help us get our priorities straight tonight. Lord, this whole world is going to fade away. It's going to burn with fire. It's not going to last. Because, Lord, your word lasts for eternity. Lord, we're talking about our eternal future with you. And with all my heart, Lord, I want to see you in that day. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Henry. Please be seated. We'll be leaving very soon. I just uh, want to share with you how important this message is. Um, just yesterday, I was here. I've been preparing. Uh, I felt led to speak on uh, the family, and I will be doing that. I told Angela months ago, and uh, I'm studying and asking the Lord to to show me things so I can uh, share with our church concerning the family. But uh, yesterday, it was Tuesday, I was praying here and uh, really prepared and God is giving me things that I can share with you. But the Lord spoke to me, I believe. He said, tell my people that my return is very near. And uh, and I was sharing with Pastor Andy after we prayed, and he was telling me that's what the Lord is laid in his heart to share with uh, the church. And the Lord is already telling me things that I want to share with all of us. It's not just for you, it's for me as well. Uh, but you will need to really understand that he is coming back. Uh, I'm just like you. We tend to forget because we're so busy even busy doing ministry and that's really dangerous so we really need to recognize i'm glad you're here tonight and you heard the word uh and i think that's where the lord is leading me that's why i think the spirit of god is one and uh, that's what he's leading me to speak on this sunday and i'm just preparing and trying to say lord what do you want to say to them or what do you want to say to me this has got to speak to me first before I can share with you. But the Lord is coming. He is coming very soon. We don't know when. It may be in my lifetime. I don't know. Nobody knows. But know this. The Bible t- uh, encourages us to live as if he's coming tomorrow. And that's the important thing about it. And uh, I think I'm beginning, as I study and I pray, I'm beginning to understand why the Lord says to do that is so important. Uh, we're so lax today. 
and there's a lot of things that are very very important and i will be sharing with us by the grace of god whatever the lord speaks to me or shares with me with our church uh for my good and for your good god has to deal with me as well and uh it's a this work to do this work to do for the kingdom and uh Unless from what Pastor Andy was saying tonight, not everybody's going to make it. Not everybody is going to make it. Uh, and it won't just be because you're sinning. There are other things as well. There are very oh, important things. It's getting yourself ready uh, before it comes. And the scriptures are there. Uh, refusing can be a part of it where you're not ready and when he comes you are not even aware that he's around because you're not looking for it the bible talks about those who are looking for his return right you're so busy it's not even in your thoughts you don't know when he comes and some people will miss it <laughs> that way it's tough but i'm going to be sharing on sunday whatever the lord shares with me in that and then by the grace of god when i feel released I'll go to the family message because that's where I, my heart has been for months. But my way of doing is I pray to the Lord and what he tells me is what I'm going to share. I don't know what he's doing. He knows what's going on in the congregation. But I have to listen to him. So stand up with me tonight. Pastor Emily, I really appreciate your word tonight. And uh, please come ready. And it's not, it's not rebuke. It's encouragement. You understand what I'm saying? The word is what gives us faith. It's not supposed to make you feel bad. If it makes you feel bad, that's a good thing because God is wounding you so he can heal you. And when he heals you, you get much better and life becomes better. And that's just the way the Lord is. He tears and then he pulls back together. He looks at it and he says, uh, it was okay, but I can do better than that. <laughs> he comes into your life and he makes it a whole lot better. Amen? He tears it down, puts it back again together. That's what he's done with us when he gave us our new life. He killed the whole life, the old life in us and gave us a new life. Amen? And today, any man who is in Christ is a new creature. Old life is dead. Amen? You still look like you. But it's not really you anymore. It's a new life in you. And it came from above. Amen. And God is training us through his word. To learn to live this new life that he's given to us. That's already in us. Lift up your hands tonight to the Lord. And thank him for the new life that he he's placed inside of you. Ezekiel 36 verse 26 says. He, I will give you a new heart. That's a new spirit. That's a new you. Not his spirit a new new individual in you and we need to let that individual live his life through our flesh that the old life lived in before as we live in obedience with our god for our god amen before god father i thank you thank you for the word that you spoke to us tonight that is not everyone who says lord lord will enter into the kingdom of god but those who do the will of the father that word stands forever and ever and lord we are offering ourselves tonight to do your will 
we are saying we want to do your will we can't do it on our own but you can do it through us and we're asking you to do your will through us let your will be done in our lives tonight we ask you father we've put down everything that we hinder everything that we stand in the way the business and all of that yes we'll be busy but we want to be busy for the lord we thank you father for your great love in jesus name amen god bless you we're dismissed